Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome back to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. I'm your host, David Lewis, and today we are continuing our series where we explore the chapters of my book, Manufacturing Demand. I mentioned this last time, and it's worth certainly mentioning again that the book was actually published, the second edition, in 2012, and some things in marketing certainly have changed since then. But you're also going to be surprised that some things have stayed the same. So in this series, I'm going to be reading the chapters from my book, but also taking the time to discuss if and what might have changed since the book's publication. Last week, we started reading chapter seven of the book. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to it first. Um, And it's only about 17 minutes long. It's a very quick listen, and it's going to set the stage for the conversation that we are having today, because today we are finishing chapter seven. Chapter seven focuses on marketing analytics, and that is such a hot topic for marketers. And that's why I chose this chapter to be the first one that we read in this series. We'll start off today's episode by continuing the discussion around what types of marketing analytics you should be paying attention to. Last time we talked about executive KPIs and demand funnel KPIs, so we're going to continue that thought and talk about campaign and asset performance because those are really important metrics you should be paying attention to as well. Then we'll wrap up the session by touching on data hygiene, which is always a huge challenge for you and marketers in general. I plan to continue reading more chapters from my book, so make sure that you are tuning in each week. This series is going to be really helpful for the modern marketer, and I hope you enjoy. Let's talk about asset performance or content performance. It's really a good idea to track your content assets. Measure the amount of downloads for a particular asset or form submissions to track which content assets are the most popular and which offers the most engagement activity. You know, Any of you who have a YouTube channel, for example, you're going to look at regularly the number of impressions uh, that that content is producing, as well as the amount of time that someone is looking at that particular content. You know, if it's a 20-minute uh, webinar, are people dropping off out of the first two minutes or three minutes? So I'm not saying you report on this, of course, to the executive team, but for your content marketing team and marketing operations team to see how asset performance is doing is really important. It's a great way to demonstrate the return on your investment in content development. Another content metric I like is closed one, asset utilization. In other words, what offers get read by prospects who eventually buy from you? Maintaining your own report of like your greatest hits, the content that is most widely used, well, that's a great way to demonstrate the return on investment in content development and learn which offers deliver most of your engagement activities. This kind of 80-20 rule absolutely applies to your content. Well, it's unquestionably challenging and it's really time-consuming to apply this type of rigor to marketing metrics. It's quite feasible using today's sophisticated tools. Most importantly, it's really crucial to your success in manufacturing demand. And perhaps the hardest part in ensuring that from click to close, the data you need carries all the way through the demand funnel to closed one. That's the hardest part, is stitching your systems together in such a way that the data has the integrity all the way from your campaign through to the CRM. If you sell through the channel, it's definitely more challenging 
to tie revenue back to marketing. And on a related note, if your company uses salesforce.com, be sure to leverage the campaign objects so that you can ensure marketing gets credit for its hard work. When someone hits a landing page or responds to your marketing campaign, be sure to carry that data point over to Salesforce to ensure you associate the lead with a Salesforce campaign. Then be sure to teach sales how to convert a lead to an opportunity so that the campaign data carries through. This helps ensure you get credit for all your hard work. And I realize this advice is a bit tactical, but you can't close the loop if the data doesn't carry all the way through to the opportunity. And what I would recommend is as you set up these configurations for storing campaign data, that you work with sales to test all the way from lead creation to contact creation and opportunity creation and opportunity close that the data carried all the way through. Unless you do that quality assurance, you will never know whether everything's being stored correctly and you will probably periodically have to go back and revisit to make sure that everything is still working before you have a problem with your data. In addition to tracking campaign IDs, you'll need to define a few more key variables to track on all of your form submissions. And the three most important ones I recommend are channel, lead source, and offer. The trick, however, is not to set up a distinct campaign ID for every separate combination. If you did, you'd soon have hundreds of campaign objects to track all the different permutations. Instead, you want to store these values in the campaign object in your CRM system by creating three custom fields, one for channel, lead source, and offer. Once you have your data capture and reporting strategy in place, one more task remains in setting up scorekeeping for the marketing department, and that is updating your website and associated landing pages to track your outbound and inbound marketing efforts. Code your links so that when a landing page form is submitted, the appropriate variables for campaign, channel, lead source, and offer are correctly associated and embedded. I realize that all of this is a bit daunting and you want to be a revenue marketer, but there's no recipe book. If there was, it would already be outdated because marketing and CRM systems have unique methods of capturing and reporting and changing really rapidly, making it really hard to discover this holy grail for marketers on the journey. So remember, start with the end in mind, creating your mock-up PowerPoint slides that you'd like to present at your meetings. Then work with your marketing operations people or outside sources like my team to build the process and systems to get you what you need. It's doable and it's getting easier and it won't be much longer until marketing can literally forecast the demand funnel volume and velocity and predict its contribution to pipeline and revenue based on what comes into your funnel. As we wrap up this session together, here are some key takeaways. Marketing automation that's integrated with CRM can give us the measurements that demonstrate the effectiveness of marketing programs. Embrace a metrics-driven culture. Next takeaway is to start with the end in mind, what you want to measure and report on. Remember the three C's, or what I actually call the four C's, what you can count, what counts, what you can count on, and how you communicate it. What you can count is what I mean by what you can capture, what you're able to consistently capture within your system. What counts is what matters. And by starting with the end in mind, you will only count what matters. What you can count on has to do with reliability of your data and communication. I can't stress 
how important it is for you to communicate revenue-oriented metrics from marketing and not website visits and click-through rates to the executive team. And that takes us to the next takeaway, which is keep in mind there are three categories of marketing analytics. Your executive KPIs, your demand funnel KPIs, and then campaign and asset performance. Only the executive KPIs are reported outside of marketing, where the other two areas are only reported and analyzed by a smaller, more internal group. And the last point is that data hygiene is critical. We talked about the complexity of setting all this up, and if your data is not accurate and consistent and reliable, all of your analytics are gonna fall apart. So there you have it. We have completed chapter seven of my book, Manufacturing Demand. I hope from the past two episodes, you have been able to get a clear idea of what metrics and analytics to pay attention to and where exactly to focus your energy so you can change marketing's reputation. As marketers, you know, marketing is not a cost center. We are a revenue center. And I hope these episodes will give you great takeaways so you can help your team drive more revenue. Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes as I've included really helpful tools for you, including an entire electronic copy of the book, Manufacturing Demand, so you can go back to the sections that were really helpful to you. That's gonna do it for now, take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.